0: It's a blessing to be back here tonight with you. There's just a different group of people that normally come out on a Sunday night, so I believe that we are going to be in for something tonight. And uh, I want to take the moment to honor Prophet Ed. He has been an incredible uh, gift and father in my life. Um, They call me Mini-Ed. Wherever I go, they say we're we're Mini-Ed, but... uh, (laughs) He's a blessing to me. Um, he's closer to me than a father. Um, God connected us supernaturally. If I could, uh, I can uh, do a whole session to, to, uh, to teach you on divine appointments. But God put him in the right time, the right place in my life, and it's been a tremendous gift. And one of the greatest connections with him is he is kingdom-minded. His heart is for the, is for the kingdom of God. And that's the only thing that he wants to see, is he wants to see the kingdom of God advancing uh, globally. And so uh, he is a blessing. Um, I'm connected with him on a daily basis. Uh, we, are, uh, we are one and we, we work together. It's a, it is, he has completely transformed my life from the first moment that I encountered him. And so when God is ready to take you to the next level in your life, he puts a Samuel in your life. He puts a mentor in your life. He puts a, a spiritual father in your life. And that, if it's, a, if it's from God, that connection will transform your life completely. I know there's a lot of negativity when it comes to spiritual fathers. Those that complain about spiritual fathers is because they had bad spiritual fathers. Um, they had a bad experience. But it's a biblical thing. It's a healthy thing. And uh, what happened with me and Prophet Ed, when I met him seven years ago, I just went to him. I said, listen, I'm going to make it simple. I want everything that you have but I don't want to go through the trial and error you've been. And so and so. let's make a deal. I'll, I'll learn everything from you. Um, I'll be there. Uh, you don't have to explain it to me. I'll just receive it. And uh, I started to pursue him. And so I traveled globally with him. I went to many nations with him. Now, you might think that he only goes to great nations. Let me tell you, we've been to Czech Republic together. I mean, it's a crazy place out there. We've been uh, to nations where I've seen him operate in, in places, in atmospheres. And, uh, and he is truly a New Testament prophet. And I'm so grateful for God, for, for him, and also the footprint that he is leaving globally right now in the gift that he's functioning. And so I want to honor him in that. Uh, I will see him soon. I'll be with him next week and uh, just to fellowship and travel with him. But uh, thank you, Pastor Marion and Stephanie. A blessing to be with you. I really appreciate you, your heart, um, the mantle of a father that you carry. I appreciate that. We need more fathers uh, in this nation in America. We need people that can impart. You know, brothers compete with fathers in power. And uh, uh, from the first moment that I've met Pastor, uh, he's an apostle. Apostle Marion is, a, I saw a father. Someone's ready to impart. Someone that's ready to equip you to go out and walk in miracles and walk in the power of God. And we need more of that. It is vital for us, to be empowered to win this battle that we're in right now. Uh, we need people to walk in the same authority when they're out there daily in their routine. So it's a blessing to be with you and just to fellowship with you this weekend. Um, and also um, Jay and Amy, I met them briefly at Faith TV and uh, it was good to meet you. I love your your spirit and uh, who you are and thank you for being out here tonight. Amen. I want to thank my wife. She's watching on the live stream. And so, I, wife. Uh, <laughs> My uh, uh, wife has uh, been a a remarkable instrument in my life. She's a doctor back in South Africa, but when I travel, she has to leave everything that she does, and uh, she's a career woman, but she loves the kingdom of God, and uh, it's impossible to minister without the support of my family, and so I want to thank my wife and children. Uh, When God calls you, He calls a family, and as a family, we are called to ministry. When God said to me that I'm going to send you to nations, I said, God, I just want to take my family with. I'll go, but, but I want them to be part of it. And so they travel with me uh, globally. My uh, children have literally grown up on uh, planes. Um They have uh, they've been, uh, <laughs> uh, the youngest have been to 10 nations with me, um, and the oldest have been to 12 nations with me. And so as a family, we travel um, and we try to stay together as we do it. Um, uh, there's no use in winning the world and losing your family. And so I'm looking forward to the time where my sons will be able to minister with me. They're a bit young at this stage. They're three years and seven years old, um, but the day and time will come. My wife also ministers with me prophetically. We just did a a conference in Portland. So we minister together, but for this season, um, she is just helping uh, with the kids and uh, supporting me so that I can do what I need to do. So they're with me in Florida currently. They're here. It was a bit of a challenge to get them uh, from South Africa here, but I thank God that they are here and uh, I want to say it again, I'll, I'll stay in this nation any time of the day. America is the best place in the world to be in, the best place. I don't know why, what you're complaining about, but I, no, I don't understand why people complain. It's an amazing place to be. Um, just travel. Uh, when you start to travel, you'll realize that the world is bigger than your world. Uh, there's stuff out there that, that you don't realize right now. Now, right now at this moment... I want you to understand when it's summer here, it's winter somewhere else. And half of the world is facing a global lockdown right now. Churches are closed, businesses are closed, uh, families are going through tremendous pressure right now. Half of the world. And so when we gather tonight, we gather for them. It's the body of Christ is coming together tonight. Tonight, we're not gathered here as 100, 200, 300 people. Tonight, we are gathered in millions all across the world because we are part of the kingdom of God. And so tonight, we sing for those that cannot sing. We worship for those that cannot worship. We, we are here and we gather because of those that are locked up that cannot gather. And I believe that as we gather, that God will honor this and He will touch those nations. Amen? He will touch those families, those places. And so we are gathering. We are here for them. And so therefore, I'm, I am so grateful for the fact that we can come together tonight once more to be in the presence of God to bring our faith together so we can stand for those that cannot stand in this hour right now. I know that God will honor us for coming together. I said it this morning that the number one plan of the enemy is to stop gatherings. So one assignment is to stop gatherings. The reason is corporate anointing, corporate faith. When we come together, all our faith comes together. So whether you have little faith, no faith, a lot of faith tonight, there's enough faith in this room tonight for your miracle. It's corporate anointing, it's corporate faith. There's things that's possible right here, right now, that's not possible somewhere else. It's because of our faith that comes together. And that's why we need to gather. The best thing that you can do for your children is to expose them to the glory of God. Best thing that you can do. I'm saved today, and I'm here because my parents exposed me to the glory. They took us to church. They took us. We experienced the move of of the Holy Spirit. And because of that, today... Um, I I can function the gifts. I received baptism of the Holy Spirit at the age of seven because my parents gave me that opportunity. And so you cannot force people to serve God, but you can expose them to the glory. That's what you can do. And we do that by inviting them to church, by getting them to come. That's what we do. And then the rest is up to the Holy Spirit to touch and transform them. And so I want to encourage you in this season, there is definitely an outpouring that's busy taking place. There's an awakening in America There is a America standing on the battleground right now, and uh, whatever you do affects the world. Not just that, many churches globally have their eyes fixed on the American church right now. And so what you do will determine how they will respond. If the church of America stands up and fights, the world will fight. If you give up, they will give up. If you quit, they will quit. And so we're not just fighting for ourselves right now, we're fighting for the body of Christ, we're fighting for those that have lost their fight. We're saying, we'll stand, we'll stand the ground. And it will give them hope to be able to stand where they need to. Now, I can tell you they're going through a lot, a lot worse than what you are facing right now. A lot worse. In March last year, when South Africa went through a lockdown, March last year, they deployed the military. And uh, immediately, because people did not adhere to the rules, the military started to shoot at people. Many died in the streets because they wouldn't stay home. Military chased one young man to his home. He was outside out of the curfew hours. The military chased him inside his home. They drew him outside of his home. They shot him dead in the street because he was outside. And so there's stuff that's happening globally that's not affecting you right now. You're not seeing it. You're not experiencing it. You're experiencing a mild version of what's happening globally. And so therefore, stand your ground right now because whatever is happening here is affecting the world. The world The church globally, men and women of God, have their eyes fixed on us right now. And they're looking at how are we responding. This is not a time for laziness. This is not a time for comfort. Do do not miss the next season in your life because of your your comfort. This is a time where things is going to get a little bit uncomfortable. And so everything, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Everything. But that which is unshakable will remain. And so we are going through a cleansing period, and we're going to see many people fall away. Many churches are not going to reopen because their motive and tension is not the kingdom of God. Remember, being a church doesn't make a kingdom. You can be a church, but you can follow your own kingdom and build your your own kingdom your entire life. And so right now, God is saying no more. The season of people being manipulated, being abused, the bride being abused is over. God is saying no more, no more. And is releasing the hold that people have on people. Not the enemy, that people have on people. He's releasing that hold. And so globally, there is a shaking that's taking place. And I'm not here to bring fear, but I'm here to tell you that it's going to get worse. This is just the first, the first, one of the first things that we're going to go through. There's more coming. But I thank God that we have learned. We know how to respond now. And whatever is coming, we'll be able to face it. Because we're not, we're not going to allow the enemy to do the same thing he's done. The church has been pushed around, and the church has said, no more. No more. We're not going to allow that anymore. We're going to stand and fight now for the kingdom of God, for what God wants to do globally. Amen? And so this is not a local church. This is a global church. Whatever happens here affects the kingdom of God. And so that's why what we do, we do not do for the city or for ourselves. We do it for the kingdom of God. And now we respond, and we, we don't say, what would they do, we, we say, what would the kingdom do? How would the kingdom respond? And that is, that is the rules and guidelines that we follow right now. Amen? Let's pray and we can get into the word. Thank you, Father, for your word tonight. Thank you, Lord, for everyone that's here, that's watching, Father. Thank you for your presence that's here. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you in the room right now. Thank you that you are here. Father, I pray that you would come. Give us understanding of your word right now. Open up your eyes. Give us revelation in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. A couple of years ago, I went to Israel, and on that trip, I spoke with a rabbi, just a simple conversation, and in a conversation, he mentioned something to me. He said to me that when you read the Bible, the Word of God, there is three levels of revelation in the Word. He said the first revelation is ink on paper. It's what everyone reads, what everyone sees. That's the first revelation. He says the second revelation is when someone has revelation of the Word, and they share it with you. So, the Word has been opened up to them, and now they share it with you. Um, The same Scripture, but they go deeper into it. That's the second level of revelation. But then He said to me that the deepest level of revelation is when God, through His Spirit, speaks to you through that Word. That's the deepest level. And what that does, it gives you authority in that area. And I, I don't know if you have experienced, but you don't have authority in another man's revelation. I've seen people speak about something. I mean, the power is there. You preach the same thing, no power. And it's the, reason, the reason is they have, uh, they have authority because God revealed it to them. And what I pray for tonight is that you will not just function tonight on secondary revelation, but I pray tonight that God would open your eyes, that your eyes would see His Word, and you would receive revelation. And so I'm going to start something, spark something, but I pray that the Holy Spirit will continue and reveal this to you personally more and more so that you receive authority to walk in that word, right? Okay, and so that's what I pray for tonight, is Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see, open up your word, let us see. Now, when it comes to the word of God, the word of God is shallow enough for a child to play, yet at the same time, deep enough for an elephant to drown. And so the Word of God is as deep as you want to go. There's, no, there's a level for every one of us. There's no place that's too shallow or too deep. Wherever you are is where God will come and meet you. The Holy Spirit will meet you at that level, at that place. But there is more. There is more. Don't get stuck with where you are. Say, God, I want to see more. Show me more. I want to go deeper. Reveal it to me. And the reason is because of that revelation that brings authority. When your eyes open and you see, suddenly there's a greater authority that comes in that moment. There's two men that walk with Jesus. They walk with him on this journey, yet they don't see it's Jesus. And I love, his, I love uh, the character of Jesus because he walks with them and he says to them, uh, what are you talking about? And they say, um, uh, how don't you know? I mean, about this, this man, Jesus. And they, t- they start to talk to Jesus about Jesus. And, he, and he, still, he still acts like he doesn't know. He says, tell me more. And so they're busy talking to him, and only later that night their eyes open. So the eyes there in scripture that says their eyes open is not natural eyes because they were not two blind men, they could see. The eyes there, the translation is panoramic vision to see, see something with, with panorama, panoramic view. And so their eyes were able to, be, to, to see deeper. Uh, or from a different perspective than they have noticed. And so we can miss God in the midst of a revival. We can miss God in the midst of a revival. Here they're walking with God, with Jesus, and they don't notice it's Him. This is my concern that I have with America right now, is that America will miss the next awakening. There's an awakening that's busy taking place right now at this moment, and the reason because we, we miss it, the reason is because it doesn't look like we thought it would look like. We have this idea how, how awakening should look like. We have this image or past experiences that when awakening takes place, that this is the shape or form that it should have. God is about to do something new. It's different. It's not what we've seen previously. And so there's an awakening that has already started. It is already, it's already busy taking place right now. But we can miss it in the midst of, of the awakening because we don't see what God is doing. And so this this evening, I want you to see what God is doing in your city. I want you to see what God is doing around you at this moment because we are experiencing right now in this hour, we are experiencing awakening that's busy taking place globally. Globally. Any church, any family that will call on to God will experience what we call, in our words, a revival. But don't let your, your reference of revivals steal from you what God wants to do in this hour. Because you want to package it in a certain way or form or gifting. And you say, no, 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 it can't be. It has to look like this. God is going to use some no-name brands in this season. Some people that came from, suddenly from nowhere. No one knew who they were. No one where, and then suddenly they stand up and they are used powerfully by God. Now, I want to say to you, Pastor Marion, on the way to church tonight, the Lord spoke to me. He said five years. He says in the next five years, there's going to be a fire upon your life and upon this church. There's going to be acceleration upon this church for the next five years. The next five years are going to be years of favor. God's going to give you favor with government. He's going to give you favor with the city. He's going to give you favor with businesses. He's going to give you favor with people. He's going to give you favor with property, not just this property, but property, the right places, the right areas where things need to happen. Five years. And I want to say to you that in the next five years, you're going to be at the prime time of your ministry. Prime time. Next five years, prime time of your ministry. And it's a time where you are stepping up and you are becoming the father that God has called you to be. Now, there is people that God has put in your life But then I see sons that's gathering all around you right now that God is sending. He's sending them. And He's not sending them to you so that you can send them to someone else. He's sending them to you because God entrusts you with it. He entrusts you with His men. Now see how they are surrounding you, men and women, young people, older people. God is sending them and they're saying, stand with this man. And so there will be an importation that will take place. You've got many giftings, but what is spectacular about you is the father heart that you carry. It, it far exceeds anything else that you can do. Is the father heart because it doesn't matter who they are, where they come from, how abandoned they are when they when they connect with you they connect with the father. They experience a father right there and that's more than enough. If you have a father in your life you can win any battle. Any battle. And this is what God is doing with ministers, with people that he's sending, he's introducing them to a father. And as that happens the, the gifting in their lives will automatically be activated. Everything, their destiny will automatically be, be birth. But he's connecting them to a father, to a father figure. Now, that was the thing that this city fought against you. Because God raised you up in this city to become a father to this city. And that's what the men of God fought in this city. They fought that role. They fought the father that God wanted to raise up in this city. But this, this afternoon, God said to me, the next five years, the next five years, You will run without any battle, any fight, no matter what they try to accuse you or bring against you. It will knock five years of grace, five years to run, five years to to carry that mantle. Everything that you were supposed to do in the last 10, 15 years of your life will be manifested within the next five years of your life in this season right now. Amen. And so turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. I want to explain something to you tonight. It's very simple. But <laughs> it's so simple that people don't get it. It's very simple. And when the Lord started to speak to me about this, I realized that you know, when it comes to the kingdom of God, when people get saved, we think they understand the kingdom automatically. And in my uh, in my time of being saved and ministry, no one have explained the kingdom to me. There was people here and there that taught about the kingdom, but no one sat down with me and said, listen, let me explain to you how the kingdom of God works. This is stuff that God had to come and awake in my life. And I look back now and I think, why didn't someone explain it to me? I think the first thing when someone gets saved, I think the first thing that we need to do is we need to sit down with them for five five minutes and explain the kingdom and just tell them, that listen, okay, you're saved now, but let, let me tell you what you signed up for. Let me tell you what you're going to be part of right now. It will make their life so much easier. And no one did that with me. Now, the reason is we think everyone knows. I want to say to you that the majority of people out there do not understand the kingdom. They don't know how the kingdom functions. They, they try to live with one leg in the kingdom of God and one leg in the world. And they, they don't know what to do and how it works. They're trying to juggle both at the, at the, at the same time. But Jesus thought it was, it was important enough that he spent an entire night with Nicodemus and he explained the kingdom to him. He sat with him through the night, he explained it to him over and over. Now, he didn't get it, it was, he didn't get it, but he kept on explaining it over and over and over. He said, you have to be born again. This is how you get access to this kingdom, born again, and Nicodemus was a, a, a smart man, but he couldn't understand, how can I be, and he explained it, it took the time. The challenge today is we don't take the time with people. We don't sit with them and we don't explain it to them. And this is not just on the shoulders of the pastor or the firefold. This is on our shoulders. There's people that walk with you on a daily basis that have no clue what's happening. And the only way that they're going to know is if we sit down and we explain it to them and say, listen, do you have an understanding of how the gifts function, how the kingdom works? And if we sit down and explain to them, it will completely change and transform them. Now, Right now, we are about to see one of the biggest wealth transfers that's going to happen globally. Wealth transfers, okay? We've heard a lot about it. We've preached about it. We've seen a little bit of it. But there's a transfer that's busy taking place. One of the greatest wealth transfers globally that's busy taking place right now. In fact, I went, I've been in the room where the wealth is. I went to the city, to the place. I walked in the room. I saw it with my own eyes. I touch the stuff that God is busy releasing in His people's lives right now in this season. Now, the challenge with the kingdom of God is not finances. The challenge with the kingdom of God is stewards. There's more than enough finances. There's more than enough wealth. But God is looking for stewards. And if we read Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, He starts and says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, and most people wake up there. When they hear all these things, then they wake up. They say, well, I want all these things. How do I do that again? Oh, I have to seek the kingdom. And so they start to seek the kingdom of God with the wrong motive, the wrong intention, because they just want all these things. They don't really want the kingdom of God. They don't want intimacy with the Lord. They want stuff. They want things. And they start to to, to seek the kingdom or act like they seek the kingdom because they just want to get to all these things. And when we read, you can translate this however you want. All means all. Nothing is excluded. When he sees here all these things, it means everything. In fact, if you study that, it's, it's the image of a cup that overflows. It means that every need is met in your life and there's more than enough. That's what it is. It doesn't mean that you're sowing or taking from a place and you're causing lack by taking from that place. It means every need is met. There's more than enough. My cup is overflowing, and I've got more than enough to give away. That's what it is, all these things. There's no limit to that. But he starts, and he says, he gives us the principles of all these things, and he says, first, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things stands on two pillars. The one pillar is the kingdom of God. I'll explain it to you now. And the righteousness, his righteousness, not our righteousness, his righteousness. I want to take a minute and explain His righteousness to you. I love breakfast in the morning. I like, if I say breakfast, I mean bacon and eggs, not, nothing difficult. Um, but I love breakfast. It's an important meal to me. I would have breakfast three times a day. I just love breakfast, bacon and eggs. And so um, I am a bit specific about how I like breakfast. So I do not, uh, my wife has, um, I think in our uh, time of marriage of 12 years, she's, she's cooked breakfast twice for me, and it's because I'm specific with breakfast, the way I like it, and so I would rather go to a restaurant, and I would order breakfast, and it would be perfect, one morning, I went to a restaurant, and I ordered breakfast, and the guy messed it all up, instead of eggs, he brought something else, bacon, uh, coffee, he brought tea, he messed everything up, and I decided that I'm not going to let this affect my entire day, so I'm just going to pay, and leave, and, and try again at another restaurant. And uh, I called him. I made a joke with him. I said to him, listen, did you show up at the right place this morning? He said, yes, sir, I work at this. I said, okay, just bring me the check. And so I ordered a breakfast of about $6. And uh, I didn't touch it. Everything was wrong. And, and I decided I'm just going to leave, try to have a good attitude, and try, to try again somewhere else. And uh, he brings the check, and God speaks to me. He says, Andre, I want you to give him a $100 tip. I said, there's no way. There's no way. I said, God, come on. My heart is not right. You know, when we give, our heart should be right. You know, my intention is I don't, I do not want to give. That's, I mean, God said to me, $200. I said, okay, stop. Stop. I said, Lord, I don't want to do it. I, I, I mean, I don't mind blessing people, but, but he messed everything up. And so I ordered a $6 breakfast, and I have to give him $200 tip on it, $206 for a breakfast that I didn't touch. And so God says, this is what I want you to do. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm um, thinking, I don't want to do this. And, uh, but I decided, okay, I'm going to do what God tells me to do. I paid it. I walked away, and I went to another place. As I walked away, God spoke to me. He said, Andre, this is my righteousness. My righteousness is to do good to people, especially when they don't deserve it. That's my righteousness. You see, he says, first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Not our righteousness. Our righteousness is to 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 do good to others when they deserve it. That's our righteousness. But his righteousness is especially when they mess up to bless them especially when they don't deserve it, to still be gracious and kind to them. That's His righteousness. And so right there, I received revelation in an understanding of how His righteousness functions. I can tell you tonight, two weeks later, I messed up. Two weeks later, I made a mistake. I said, God, I would understand if you won't speak to me for two weeks because of of the mistake that I've made. And God said, Andre, I'm going to bless you more in this week than I've ever blessed you. And suddenly it felt to me like the windows of heaven just opened over my life in those two weeks. And what was tremendous in that moment is I knew I didn't deserve it. He didn't bless me in a time where I did something right. But He started to reveal His righteousness to me. That in times, in a time specifically when I'm disqualified, when I knew I was in the wrong, He still chose to favor me, still chose to bless me in that moment. And so that is His righteousness. I want you to have an understanding of that tonight. First, seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added. Now, 2020, last, uh, last year, was the best year of my life. It was an uh, incredible year. God, uh, uh, on every level, God just exceeded uh, everything that has done in the past. It's been 2020 was the best year of ministry. It was the best year financially. It was the best year family on every level of my life. 2020 was the best year. But what I'm not saying to you is I'm not speaking about the first six months of 2020. January to June was the most challenging time in my life. In March, I was supposed to fly to Chicago for a conference, and that's the day when the lockdown happened in South Africa, and I got stuck. And for three months, I could not travel. I was stuck home. Now, part of my destiny, part of my assignment is to be connected to multiple nations globally. And so travel is involved in my assignment. So suddenly, we got stuck as a nation. We locked down. No no flights. No one could even be in the streets. I just told you that the military shot people for being in the streets. And so I got stuck back home, and I said, God, I don't know what to do. It was great the first month to be home and to fellowship and to have my family with me, but then I started to get frustrated because I knew that I had assignment on my life. And June 2021, I was uh, home, and I prayed the morning, and I said, God, I don't know what to do anymore. I've tried everything. I've thought of everything. I've tried everything. I don't know what to do. And God spoke to me. If there's anything that I could share with you tonight, I've got 200 sermons that I could preach tonight, but if there's anything that I could share with you tonight, I want to share something that it would impart something to you tonight that when you leave here, you'll be different. I want to leave something. I want to leave a deposit tonight. That even if I don't see you again in the future, that it would change the course of your life completely. And this is it. I said, God, I don't know what to do. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, Andre, get back into your assignment. Get back into your assignment. And suddenly, I had to evaluate myself. I had to say to myself, what is my assignment? There's a lot of opinions and ideas, and, but what is my assignment? What am I called for in this season? And I had to sit down and say, well, what is my assignment? My assignment is to travel, to minister, to strengthen the local church, to train people in the prophetic, to empower people, to minister prophetically, to equip people. That's my assignment. And I got up that day, and I started to take the first step. And I knocked on an airline's door, and I said, listen, I have to fly. Is there any flights out of South Africa? They said, no. The president announced no one is flying. I went to the second airline. I knocked on their door. They said, No, no one's there's no flights. Third, fourth, fifth, the eleventh door that I knocked on. I said, Listen, I need to travel. They said, We can make it happen. Eleventh door. Because sometimes we give up too easily. We think that because the door is closed, we think it's a no from God. But sometimes we just have to keep on. We have to keep on knocking. We have to keep on trusting God. We have to keep on until we find a door that is open so that we can move. And so I found the 11th airline. Friends came from from, uh, Florida. They were flying medical equipment in South Africa with a cargo plane. And they said, listen, we heard that you want to get out. We're going to fly back with the cargo plane. You can get on this plane with us if you want to fly. I said, yes, I'll fly. Now, it's strange because there's no airport. You know, there's no check-in, check-out. There's no You know, when you get on a cargo plane, it's a bit different from traveling uh, commercial. So I got onto that cargo plane. I didn't know that I would even be able to get on the plane. I said to my wife, listen, just, I I took a backpack. I said, I mean, I'm going to try. If they they say go home, just come and pick me up again. But uh, she couldn't get close to the airport. Everything was shut down. The the military was around the airport. They closed all the roads. No one could get close to the airport. And God supernaturally made a way. And this is what I want you to understand. As soon as I got back into my assignment in 2020, heaven responded to me. Everything shifted. Suddenly, 2020, which started off to be the worst year of my life, turned into the best year of my life because I got back into my assignment. Everything changed. Suddenly, the windows of heaven opened over my life. I've never experienced that in the way I've experienced in 2020 as soon as I got back into my assignment everything shifted everything changed i have a question for you tonight and the question that i have is what is your assignment what is the assignment that god has for you in this season now understanding your assignment is not hebrew it's not difficult it's very simple it's very easy And the majority of us can just look around us and you can understand your assignment. You don't have to have a prophetic word or a revelation. I mean, it's simple to understand your assignment. Just look at where you are. And once you embrace that and you understand why you are doing it and for who you are doing it, it changes everything. Now, I want to take five minutes. I want you to concentrate just for five minutes. But I want to explain the kingdom to you. Now, this I do in a course over 12 sessions Uh, 12 hours. I'm going to do it in five minutes. And so you're going to get it. It's simple, but it's going to change your life. And I'm going somewhere with this, and that's why I want to share it with you tonight, okay? Now, I want to explain the kingdom to you. It is simple. There's multiple characteristics of a kingdom, of the kingdom of God, but I want to just focus on five right now. It's simple, just five of them. And I want to explain this to you right now because creation— is not waiting for a new president. Creation is waiting for the sons and daughters of God. There's no no president that's going to (laughs) fix anything globally. Listen, we've been trusting in South Africa for a better president the last 30 years. Presidents are not going to fix things in the earth right now. The sons and daughters of God, creation is waiting for the sons and daughters of God. That is what they're anticipating. That's what they're waiting for, okay? (laughs) Not a a person, not a savior. So let me explain the kingdom to you. Simple. And I want to give you five characteristics of the kingdom, but I pray that the Holy Spirit will give you revelation so you can add to my characteristics that I'm giving you right now. You can add as much as you want to this right now because that gives you revelation and revelation gives you authority. Now, number one, a kingdom... As a king. Simple. Without a king, it's not a kingdom. But what it means is the king has the final say. Today, when we get saved, we are introduced, we are born into a new kingdom. Even though we live on the earth right now, we are part of a different kingdom. And the kingdom that we are part of tonight has a king, and his name is Jesus. And this king has the final say. Doctors can say what they want, economists can say what they want, presidents can say what they want, but the king has the final say. And so I make decisions not according to their opinions, but to what the king is saying. I always consult the king first before I listen to their voices. And so I got stuck in a situation last year where a president said no, but the king said yes. I got stuck in situations where... (laughs) The economy said no, but the kingdom said yes. It was contradicting, and I had to choose what am I going to listen to, to the king or to this natural kingdom that we are on earth right now. Now, when I study the life of Jesus, we can see clearly that he's part of a different kingdom. There's this one. Now, when it comes to Jesus, he never got involved in politics, never. There is this one place where he stands before Pilate and (laughs) Pilate says to Jesus, don't you know? He says, speak up. Don't you know that I have power over life and death? Then Jesus looks at him and says, no, no, no. The only authority that you have is which my Father gives you. Even though he was on, on the earth, Jesus was part of a different kingdom. He was not threatened. He was not afraid. When they came to arrest him, he did not fight the arrest. In fact, one of the disciples started to fight, and he stopped the disciple. He said, no, no, don't you know that I have access to a legion of angels right now? They're not arresting me. I'm handing myself over. I'm part of a different kingdom. And he came to portray that because in the times that we're living in right now, it would be vital for you to understand what kingdom you're part of because there's going to be seasons on a daily basis where the kingdoms out there are going to say the opposite of what the kingdom of God is saying. And you're going to have to know which kingdom to listen to. So a kingdom master has a king. Jesus is the king. And he has the final say over everything of your life. The final say. Number two, a kingdom has an identity. Today, when you travel to different nations, there's identities. If we minister in Europe every year, if I travel to Switzerland, my wife blindfolds me. We go on the plane. We fly to Switzerland. We get off the plane. I go to a restaurant and my wife removes the blindfold. I can look at the people, the food, the language, and I can say to my wife, I'm in Switzerland. No one that's part of the kingdom of Switzerland has to come to me and say, listen, you are in Switzerland. Because a kingdom has an identity. I can look at them and I can see it. If you have to tell someone that you're saved, it's because you're not. The kingdom has identity. What is that identity? It's the identity of the king. And so we're living in a time now where people are going to walk down the street and they're going to look at you and they're going to see the glory of God. Before you open your mouth, before you quote the scripture, before you preach or prophesy or do anything, they're going to look at you and and they're going to say, I can see the kingdom of God. I was in uh, uh, Phoenix, Arizona a couple of weeks ago. I walked into a store, and there was a lady in the store, and I could see the glory of God upon her life. She did not have to say anything. And so a kingdom has an identity. It's strange because for many years, people will get saved, but yet they look the same. They don't change. Now, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we do not have to change to receive the Holy Spirit, but when we receive Him, we change. There's a transformation that that takes place. And so we're in a time now where the kingdom of God is busy portraying its identity through the people. How can the kingdom speak if everyone's running away? If everyone is afraid? How can the kingdom represent on the earth right now if, if the sons and daughters of God is hiding? We have to be out there and we have to not represent our lives, but we have to represent the kingdom. What would the king do? What would the kingdom do in this specific situation? Because that's the life that I want to live, and that's what I want to be. I do not want to live for my own life, for my desire, my ideas, what I like, what's comfortable. I want to do what the king wants me to do. And if the king says, we're going to the other side and everything is going to be okay, that's enough for me. That's fine. I don't have to listen to the news or look uh, to other voices out there. If he says it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. That's enough for me. Because the king has the final say. Then thirdly, a kingdom has principles and laws. Any nation has principles and laws that they function by. But the kingdom of God has principles and laws. And that principles and laws is faith. Is faith. The currency of the kingdom of God is faith. Let me tell you about this faith thing. There's never going to come a time in your life where you don't have to faith it anymore. Never. Because this year, you're going to trust God. Next year, you're going to trust Him again. And God, this is the thing with God. God has a very high expectation of you. And so you're living by faith, and you're really pushing it out there. And then God says, no, no, let's go higher. I mean, you're really giving everything. You're like, Lord, I'm, I'm really, this is, this is all I have. And God says, no, no, let's, let's go a little bit higher. Let's go further. Let's go further. We have a saying in our church back home, if you are uncomfortable in giving 10%, just give 20. Just push yourself higher. Just go to the next level. You know, tithing is just an introduction to giving. It's not a standard where your giving should stay for the rest of your life. It's just an introduction to say, learn to be a generous person. God does not build His kingdom right now with wealthy people. He built His kingdom with generous people. There's no issue with resources in the kingdom. God is looking for stewards. He's looking for people that can live by faith, that's willing to take that step of faith and say, God, use me. I'll go. I'll do it. I'll be a vessel. So the third thing is principles and laws, and it's faith. And so the righteous will live by faith. So we are always going to live by faith. I'm in ministry this year for 20 years, and people are asking, how does it feel? I don't know with Pastor Marion, but 20 years being in ministry, it still feels to me like I don't have any clue what's happening. It's faith. It's just faith. Living by faith. (laughs) That's it. Your business, it's by faith. You're living by faith. That's it. This is the life that He told us that we're going to live. We're going to live by faith. The righteous are going to live by faith. And it's never going to change. There's never going to be a time where you don't have to trust God anymore. There's never going to be a time where you don't have to have have faith anymore. This is part of who we are. The foundation is faith. Then fourthly, and this is where I want to get to number four and five. Fourthly, kingdom as resources. Today, there's wars all over the world above the ground because of resources below the ground. A kingdom as a resource. And so people, nations are fighting because of resources. It's the resource that makes them a kingdom in the natural. In the kingdom of God, The greatest resource, the highest commodity in the kingdom of God is souls. There's nothing more valuable in the kingdom of God than souls. Nothing. It's the highest commodity. It's the resource of the kingdom of God is souls. That's the only thing that gives us eternity. Nothing else is souls, the highest commodity. Then fifthly, a kingdom has interests. A kingdom is not going to get involved in every war that's out there, is going to get involved if they have an interest in it. You get that? They're not just going to fight any battle. If there's a resource that they are after, if there's an interest in what is happening, then they are going to get involved because there's something in for that kingdom. How does this, what what has this got to do with you tonight? Let me tell you one of the biggest lies that the enemy has been portraying in the body of Christ. You see, the enemy has told us that The soul part of a service is when we do the altar call and someone comes to the front, they receive Christ in that five minutes and that that is saving souls. And then it gives us the ideal perception that one day we're going to go to heaven and God's going to ask you, what what have you done for the kingdom? And you did not really win souls. You were in business or you were a teacher or doctor or a partial ministry or youth worker and you're not going to have anything to show for it. So you're going to get a little small house in heaven and then Pastor Marion is going to come, and God's going to say, what did you do? And he's going to have this long list. He sacrificed his entire life for souls. And he's got soul after soul after soul of the soul, people that come to Christ. And he's going to get this big house in heaven that's going to look down on you for eternity. <laughs> because he worked for the kingdom. That's what the enemy is telling us. And so immediately when we leave this building, the enemy tries to connect you with the kingdom of God. The enemy is saying that you're not really part of the kingdom. Because you're not winning souls. Let me explain souls to you. The soul period is the time where a person gets born. And the mother and the father nourishes that child. That's where the soul period starts. Just feed them. It's simple. Nothing spiritual. Just give them food. That child needs to learn to walk, talk. It brings that child to a place where that child can then decide to receive Christ. But then it continues because that child gets married maybe gets divorced, needs marriage counseling, needs to be trained, equipped. They, they make horrible financial choices. Then someone needs to intervene and teach them how to work with money. Then the giftings of God, how the giftings functions, and this is all the soul period. And then the time comes where that soul leaves the earth. And somewhere in this period, you are involved. You are involved with that person, at the time where that soul is born. You are at the place where it gets saved. You educate that person. Remember, the soul is in the body. And so the body, I mean, I could go down this room and I would ask you tonight, what do you do for a living? And you would say, well, I'm a teacher. I'm a doctor. I'm in ministry. uh, I'm a pastor. I sell cars. I I, uh, have a restaurant. And I want to say to you that you are all wrong. Because what you really do is you win souls. That is your assignment. That is your assignment. But you do that through what you are doing right now. Let me explain this to you. In 2020, God said to me, get back into your assignment. As soon as I got back into my assignment, everything changed. The kingdom responded to me because I became a valuable asset to the kingdom of God. A divine protection came upon my life. I was in meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting with COVID patients, with sick people, meeting after meeting after meeting. The last weekend before I flew back to South Africa, the guy that drove me for the entire weekend, he wanted to fly back to South Africa with me. I said, "Dad, yeah, it's fine. Come and visit me. He tested on Monday and he tested positive. He was with me in the car the entire weekend. No sickness, no disease, nothing came close to me. Because I became a valuable asset of the kingdom. And the enemy wants to disconnect you from that. The enemy is saying, no, no, you're not part of the kingdom. What I want you to understand is that tonight I am speaking to valuable assets of the kingdom of God. And once you have that revelation and understanding who you work for and what you really do, then suddenly something shifts and you start to have the understanding and the revelation that heaven is backing you up. Everything that I needed for the journey was released when I got back into my assignment. I mean, closed doors that was impossible God opened impossible doors so that I could get back into my assignment, so that I could do what I was called to do because of the assignment. And so being a mother is saving souls because you're nourishing that child. (laughs) It's your kingdom assignment at that moment, that season. Being a father It's part of the kingdom. You're raising a soul. You are involved in the lives of souls. Being a teacher, that's not really what you do. You're selling cars. How can God bless that? It's secular. No, it's not secular. That body needs to be driven around. It needs to move around, and you are part of it. Now, let me shock you. I shared this in South Africa when the Lord spoke to me last year about the kingdom, and this is what God is saying right now. He's saying heaven is sending messages right now emails all over the world and heaven is saying kingdom 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 this is how we're going to win this is if you have an understanding of what kingdom you are part of and so i shared this in a church in south africa and a man stood up in church he said i hear what you're saying uh, but but i have a liquor store how how is how is that benefiting the kingdom of god in any way and i mean it just went quiet in the church Because a lot of people could see them in it as a teacher at certain places. But then certain people sat there and they didn't understand it. The pastor got up and he said, listen, I just want to share a testimony. He says, for the last six months as a church, we were not able to pay our staff or salaries. But this guy supported us. He's been paying your salaries. He's been paying everything. There's stuff in the kingdom that we just don't understand. But the enemy is trying to disconnect you from the kingdom. And as soon as you leave here, the enemy is saying, listen, this is not really for you. Because as soon as you are not connected to part of the kingdom, you are opening up a door for the enemy to come and steal, kill, and destroy. Because you're not kingdom. You're not part of the kingdom. You're doing your own thing. You're building your own life. And so the divine protection leaves you. Divine provision leaves you. I want to say to kingdom businessmen tonight, when you have an understanding that your business belongs to the kingdom, you don't have to look for, for one more contract in your life. Because it's the responsibility of the kingdom to provide. I can pray for God to protect me. I can pray for God to provide for me. But there's, there's times where I have to focus on my assignment. I, I'm going to forget to pray. And so it's the kingdom's responsibility to take care of my healing. I have to focus on what I need to do. I, I, I forget to pray for every little thing that I need. And so I've just handed over to the kingdom. And I said, God, I'm going to focus on my assignment. Kingdom, take care of the rest. Here it is. And so right now, every church has an assignment where they are. Every church, every ministry, every family, every business. And the enemy is trying to get your eyes off your assignment. And the way he's doing it, he's doing it by saying, look at what they are doing. Look at them. There's this place where the Pharisees come to Jesus, and they say to Jesus, they come with this, you know, interest, interesting way. They, they say to Jesus, um, we noticed that you and your disciples baptize more than John the Baptist. That, and, and the next scripture says, and Jesus withdrew. He did not even entertain the conversation. Because it was a tactic to get his eyes off of his assignment. Look at what they're doing. And, they, and the disciples did it in such a way where they said, well, you're doing more. He just withdrew. I'm not, I don't want any part of this. This is not a competition. I'm, I have assignment from God. And I'm not going to stand before them one day. I'm going to stand before God one day. And I have to stand before my father and give account of what he has told me to do. And in his eyes, there's no big and small church. In his eyes, there's no small ministry and big ministry. In his eyes, there's souls. And so Jesus sat with one man. Most ministers would say it's an ineffective ministry. Rather minister to the crowd. But Jesus sits with one man, explains the kingdom to him over and over and over and over. Why? It's a soul. And when we work with souls, it's a commodity of the kingdom. And the kingdom has an interest in that life. And so the kingdom will get involved in my life because I'm involved in the interest of the kingdom. Lack in your life, I'm just pushing a little bit further tonight. Lack in your life is just a sign that you're missing your assignment. Because if you are in your assignment, there can be no lack. And so don't take it as discouragement, take it as realignment. Say, God, what am I missing? What is happening? Somewhere I'm missing something because the, the flow of the kingdom. Listen, the kingdom of God never pays salary late. Never. It's always on time. The provision is always there. Why? Because it's in the interest of the kingdom. It's part of the kingdom. I want to end with this tonight, and I want you to understand, have revelation about this tonight, revelation that you are a very precious commodity of the kingdom of God. And tonight, as I look over this place, I see precious, precious commodities of the kingdom. Precious commodities. You cannot miss your assignment right now. The only way that will, release, that will bring acceleration to your life right now, that will speed things up right now, the only thing is when you get back into your assignment. And so tonight, reevaluate yourself. Say, God, what is my assignment? Don't look at what people say, what they do. Don't look at that. Look inwardly and say, God, what is my assignment? What am I called to? Because that's what I want to be busy with. I want to end tonight again, and I want to say to you that all of us have to stand not before man. We have to stand before God. No matter what they say and their ideas, in their ideas of business, their ideas of ministries, in God's eyes, there's no big or small. In God's eyes, it is kingdom and its souls. That's it. But at some stage, all of us in this room participate in the in the life of souls. Let me connect you with souls right now. Every seed that you have sown in the last ten years of your life is connected to souls. Just connect all of you. Just connect you to your investment. Every seed that you've sown, the enemy is saying, No, no, you're not really, you don't really participate. You're not part. No, no, no. Every seed that I've sown, at some way, some place, it's connected to a soul. Every seed that I've sown. And so tonight claim your right and say, No, no, I'm I win souls. That is what I do. And suddenly a divine protection comes upon your life. <laughs> because it's the kingdom's responsibility to take care of you. I keep the kingdom accountable today. I cannot pray for provision. If the kingdom has to provide as long as I'm in my assignment has to, has to take care of me because I'm acting in the interest of the kingdom. And this is what I want you to hear tonight. Today, tonight, I want you to hear that you are acting right now in the interest of God. Now, being a child of God does not exclude you from being attacked by the enemy. But what it does, it gives you the right to claim back sevenfold. So you can steal, but we have the right, not a privilege, we have the right. To claim back sevenfold. It's a promise. Sevenfold. And tonight I want to take a moment and I want to pray for a sevenfold return for everything that the enemy has stolen from you. Sevenfold. Because right now you have the understanding, you have the revelation that you're part of the kingdom of God. And so what happened in that season where he came to steal from you, it was a season where you functioned in the kingdom of God, but the enemy said, No, no, you're excluded from this. You're not part, you're not part of the kingdom. You're not winning souls. You're not making articles, But tonight I'm reconnecting you with that. And according to the word of God, we're claiming back that sevenfold. Amen. Amen? Father, right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I stand in agreement with every person in this room that have experienced lack, where the enemy has come and steal from them. I stand in agreement with them right now, and I claim back sevenfold in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Businesses that have experienced lack, sevenfold return. Families that have been through, going through difficult situations and times, sevenfold in Jesus' name. I claim back, I stand with them in agreement, sevenfold return in Jesus' name. Father, I ask that the kingdom would intervene and get involved in their lives right now. Because I'm speaking to valuable assets of the kingdom. What they are doing is for the kingdom. For your kingdom. And so, Father, I stand in agreement with them tonight. And I say, Kingdom intervene. Kingdom intervene in their lives, intervene in their affairs, intervene in what they're facing right now. And Father, I pray right now that their eyes would open to their assignment, that they would look back on their assignment and they would remain in their assignment. They would follow the assignment that you have marked out for them in this season. They will not be distracted. They will not look left or right or up or down they would follow, Father, the exact assignment that you had given them as families. Father, I pray for churches right now. Lord, I pray for this church, that this church will remain in its assignment. Not what people say, not people's opinions, but what this church has been called. When you planted this church, Lord, you gave this church an assignment. You said that this church will be a church that will be multi-generational that they will come from the north, the south, the east, the west. They will come. Those that are broken, those that are afflicted, they will come. And so, Father, I stand on that promise tonight that this church will remain the light that you've called it to be to this community, to this area. Father, thank you for the development that's happening around this area. I pray for acceleration in every form of development right now, every form. I speak over the soil, over the ground, and I declare the ground in this area blessed in Jesus' name prosperous in jesus name everything in the surrounding area i call it forth thank you father that there will be such a your hand will be noticeable upon this region and upon this area that people will move closer to be, be to be closer to the blessing of the lord they will move they will switch houses businesses will move in this direction in this area because of the light that you have placed here father Thank you, Father, for your kingdom that's being established right now. I pray for ministers in this room, people that are in ministry, their ministers, their ministries, their churches, where you have placed them, Father. I declare that those ministries will remain to be a beacon of hope to those areas, a beacon of hope. Father, I come against any form of shaking that's around them, Father, and I, I declare them stable in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Let be seated. Listen, those of you that are in business, I want, to, I want you to get this. If you are in business here tonight, if you are a businessman, a businesswoman, listen, it's the kingdom's responsibility to bring business to you. You don't have to make one phone call. It should come to you. The only thing that you need to do is realign your face. Realign your business. Realign that my business is to insults. But how do I do it? By selling cars. By selling property. That's how I do it. But the the calling of my business is souls. Just focus on that. And the kingdom has to send the provision. Listen, I don't see the provision yet. It's coming. I don't see it. It's coming. But it's not in my account. It is coming. (laughs) It is coming. It is coming. Things are being realigned, being shifted. Negative seeds that's been sowed in the ground. God's dealing with that stuff. But the harvest that God has for your business is coming. Stay in your assignment. Remain in your assignment. Amen.